The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits. Powered by Protus Global. Hello, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Thank you for being with us today. Before my next guest came to the cannabis industry, he ran one of America's largest beverage alcohol distributors with a presence in virtually every market in the Western United States. Uh, the distributing top spirit brands. What we had Diageo, we had Bacardi, we had Constellation Brands, we had Jose Cuervo, some of the world's best known, most served products, and many others. He now serves as the president of the Tinley Beverage Company, which manufactures the Tinley Tonics, Tinley 27, and the Hemplify line of cannabis and hemp CBD beverages. I want you all to welcome my friend, Rick Gillis. Rick, how are you? I'm fantastic, Bird Davis. Good morning, <laughs> my old friend. I'm here in, uh, at the home of the Tinley Beverage Company's uh, manufacturing facility in Long Beach, California. So, Oh, I think that's, that's awesome. Got a lot of stainless steel behind me. You do, and we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to really talk about that. That is a magnificent facility. Inside, I, I am I am well aware when you started this project, and uh, and it's come to fruition. And it's some really seems like every week there's some new and exciting news coming out of out of Long Beach, California, with with you guys. So I'm I'm really excited about that. You know what, Rick? I was just thinking the other day when when we you and I decided to have this chat is when did we meet and how did we how did we get acquainted and when was that? Do you remember? Goodness, it was uh, it was over twenty years ago, Vern. I know that, but it was probably you uh, connecting with me and looking for candidates for a search you may have been on trying to place the, a high level candidate. Uh, one of your clients. Yeah. So it was almost 20 years ago when we first connected, then there was a gap. And then uh, I was working on placing someone that gave you as a reference to me. You remember that Saul? Remember that? I do indeed. Yeah. 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 And that, that was 11 years ago. That was about 10 or 11 years ago. Well, it was 2011, so I guess that was 10 years ago. Correct. Uh, when, when that occurred. And then since then, you and I have had this regular cadence. Every, for the last 10 years, you and I have had this regular cadence of conversation, working together, whatever. We've, 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 done, a, we've, we've done a lot together. It's been great. You, you're, you built a nice friendship. Over yeah, years. I've enjoyed our catch ups. I don't think we ever let a quarter go by without <laughs> checking in on what's happening and so on and so forth. But it, it has been early. Yes. Are you a, a dear friend? It, it was the same, man. This the same. It's 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 been crazy. And the most fun I've had with you, though, I, and I will just be totally transparent, is just uh for two guys that came from two different places, we have a lot in common about how we view the world. And it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, 
we like the same movies. Um, you know, we we, we jokes. We laugh at the same jokes, man. It's it's been it's 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 awesome that that exists. Um, and 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 you know, and I'm I feel very fortunate and blessed to have friends like that, and like you, man. But what people don't know is that, and this is little on my opening and my my just introduction of you, man, it's just that you, you, it's kind of funny. This guy, Rick Gillis, he sold Coca-Cola, right? He Pepsi. sold milk, yeah. he Pepsi. sold milk. What did you sell before Coca-Cola? Uh, Pepsi-Cola. Uh, Pepsi, so he's, he's one of maybe five people who've worked at Pepsi and Coke, you know, because that's just a huge, huge battle in the in the consuming industry and um so he, he he started out at pepsi went to coke went to milk i did yeah i'm in the dairy business yeah you were in the dairy business and then you you ended up man uh uh selling adult beverages i mean some of the finest wine and spirits in the world across the western u.s at a at a major uh, distributor in a very interesting environment. I remember when you got into that and we were having early conversations, man, and you were telling, man, this is different. This is this is different. The beverage alcohol industry, what's it called a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I, I look back on very fond memories of my time in that space. Yeah, when you say lifestyle, what do you mean by that? Well, it, that the day never ends when you're in the beverage alcohol <laughs> industry, right? I mean, it's consumed uh, all day parts, I guess. Seven yeah. days, seven twenty-four. But you know, when you're in the the distributor side of the business, you know, you've got a lot of constituents to serve. Yeah. Lots of suppliers. Uh, it's a monthly uh, kind of churn. Numbers need to be hit. Right. Uh, a lot of obviously a lot of great colleagues to support you know, uh, ownership that cares deeply about the business and the legacy. So, uh, it was, uh, it was a fun, fun time for me, for sure. No, it was, you, you spent a minute there. You did, you did a nice job, spent a minute there and, and got indoctrinated there. Um, now, before all of this went down, you had to come from somewhere. So now I know you went to the California system. You, you went to, uh, Riverside. Yes, I was yeah, proud at University of California at Riverside graduate. Yes, you are. There you go. So now, did you grow up out there or somewhere else? No, I mean, I had an interesting childhood, and this is probably <laughs> the most boring part of our discussion because I don't like <laughs> necessarily talking about me. But, you know, but I, I do believe it's all, all about shaped. you, Rick. This we're is all, all about we're you. All, we're all shaped by our our experiences growing up, you know, lot, lots of influences. But for me, I feel like I was fortunate to grow up in the, uh, the United States Air Force. My father proudly served our country for 23 years. So my entire uh, childhood was spent, you know, moving and roaming from base to base. I spent, you know, most of my childhood actually in Europe. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll turn 60 here in, uh, in less than two months. But I was, I was born in England, uh, just yeah. outside of the military base that my father was stationed at. In fact, my brother and I were both born in England. Yeah. And, and we basically, you know, as you do in the military, and I don't know why they called us brats. We were, it was far from that. But, but anyway, we went on a tour from England to Ohio, back to England, then to New Jersey, then to New Mexico, then to Germany. 
And then my father's last base was in Southern California at March Air Force Base. So I had a couple of years of high school left. Okay. High school in 79 and then went straight down the street to, uh, to UCR and finished in 1983. But my journey in the soft drink industry started, you know, as a part-timer at Pepsi-Cola Bottling Group. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I've started, uh, you know, as I did most of my jobs at the very bottom, but I, uh, I think I cut my teeth in a really good place at Pepsi, uh, you know, driving trucks, you know, doing merchandising work, uh, working in the warehouse, forklift certified, that still serves me well today in the business I'm in now. Yeah. But, you know, I ended up spending close to nine years with Pepsi Bottling Group. And then, uh, and that, this might've been when you and I crossed paths, because I got recruited out of Pepsi to go to Hubline. Yeah. And I spent uh, about a year there. Uh, right. And uh, and that wasn't the, one of the most enjoyable stops in my career, but it was. Uh, Wait a minute. Time. So I was at Hubline, as you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's where we. That that's exactly right. Now, so what? What? Where in Hubline did you enter? Where? What was your deal? I was in the John G. Martin division. So was I was the, too. The, the Smirnoff. Uh, so it was basically the vodka, Christian Brothers brandy. Yeah, uh, but I was an area manager and I was working in the chain environment and category management. And was that was that was that in Rick? Was that in the uh, in Southern Cal? It was. It was in Orange. It was in Orange. Correct. And you worked as an area manager. Correct. And then I had what year was that? Goodness, I think that was 1991. That was a long time ago. You 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 know what? That's crazy. Cause at that same time, uh, I, I came back in '93. Okay, I came back to California in '93. I went to the East Coast, and I came back in '93. And I was a division vice president, and I had I had an area managers in the merchandising arena, part of my group was, was that. And I had those guys reporting into me. And, uh, and then you had, uh, what did you have? So you had, did you have Klein down there? Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. No, it was, uh, it that's was, crazy. Because then yeah. fast forward some 25 years, yeah, I ended up crossing paths with some of these folks that I worked with uh, back in in that very short experience at Hubline. But then I then I jumped into the coupon industry and worked uh, a little over a year for Catalina Marketing. Okay, so I, I was a key account guy handling all the any CPG co- company that was based in the Southwest. So I spent okay. a lot of time at the Dial Soap Company in Phoenix and mm-hmm. worked with a number of different companies on selling them the you know the the more expensive coupons because you know the system sat on the scanning loop so you could yeah. find your your consumer through a UPC code but that and then I got recruited to go join uh, Coca-Cola Enterprises and that's when uh, my wife and I had been married about a year of course we'll hit 29 years uh, congratulations here thank you that's that's not an easy feat nope nope <laughs> and then, uh, we ended up moving to the Bay Area so uh, I ended up uh, being an area manager for for Coke uh, covering the South Bay. And it was only a few years later, I got promoted to be the division GM for that, that division. It was about a $500 million business. And mm-hmm. so I stayed in the barrier for about eight years and then got, uh, transferred to Texas to run a, a larger part of the country. So I ended up spending another eight years with Coke in the state of Texas. I, 
ultimately ran a business unit. Uh, there was a big consolidation that happened. That was a great experience for me working on a design team with McKinsey to kind of reshape the, uh, the go-to-market structure for a very large distributor that was about 37 billion in wow. uh, revenue. But I ended up uh, running one of the uh, six business units and uh, called the Southwest uh, BU. So uh, that that was the last call call it two three years of my career at CCE and then and then a, it was interesting because the next Pepsi guy uh, was running the largest business unit at Dean Foods and and he recruited me to come join the dairy industry and I yeah. did that at the beginning of 2009 and that ultimately led to a relocation to Charlotte North Carolina uh, yeah. and I ran the Southeast so I had ten states for Dean Foods about goodness, 18 dairy processing plants, four ice cream plants. So I learned a lot about the dairy industry. That that was about a three-year experience. Dean fell on hard times. In fact, it's probably a little over a year ago, they ended up uh, filing uh, bankruptcy. But right. uh, but beyond that, I ended up, you know, m- moving to a French uh, dairy company. Commuting I up saw that, yeah. For a yeah. couple of years and oversaw the, the retail dairy business for Lactalis. Uh, which was a really fun experience working for uh, an entirely different culture, uh, a French-owned company. I spent a lot of time in Europe, in Italy, and France. Uh, it was it was fascinating, and and then after, you know a couple years doing that, I ended up getting uh, recruited by Young's Market Company, and that that's what ultimately brought me back to the West Coast, and that was at the beginning of 2014. So yeah, most of five years I was in the BevOut space, and then uh, you were you you. And then all of a sudden now I'm in the cannabis industry. Exactly. I have thought if you'd asked me 20 years ago would I be selling cannabis drinks, I probably would have said no way in hell. But I tell you, I I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a break, and then when on the other side of this break, uh, Rick, we're going to talk about the 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 movement from adult beverage to cannabis in that journey, because you, you had no clue you'd be doing this. And I know that for, for a fact, Hey, I'm Vern Davis and I'm your host of plant profits and plant profits is fueled by produce global people solutions. And my guest today is Rick Gillis. He's president of the Tenley beverage company. And we'll see you guys on the other side. Plant profits will return. So our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, well, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. My guest today is my friend Rick Gillis. He's from the Tinley Beverage Company. He is the president. And Rick is just kind of, we spent some time talking about his past and what he's done in his journey, his professional journey. And he's at Young's Market Company. He's the president of Young's Market Company. He's in the adult beverage business. Got this fabulous job. 
And then, so Rick, tell tell us about that, and then move us into cannabis so we can get into the what's happening at Tinley. Well, the uh, you know the time spent at Young's was was certainly a precious experience for me. The the people right. I met, uh, it, it was just fascinating. I mean, I had that short little glimpse into the Bebout space during my my short tenure at, at Hubline, but. Yeah. I look back uh, working, you know, with the Underwood family and right. building so many relationships across the supplier industry was just incredible. And and those relationships still exist today. But but, you, you know, what I, was interesting is, uh, you know, this gentleman from Canada, yeah. Jeff Maser, you know, somehow engineered a meeting with me to see if we would be interested at Young's in distributing Hemplify. Yeah. which was a hemp extract product that he brought to market back in 2017. And, you know, we looked at it. Uh, ultimately, it wasn't a good fit. I mean, it was really more a mainstream brand. And, you know, most mm-hmm. liquor distributors don't go to all channels of trade, particularly convenience. But, uh, you know, I politely declined the opportunity. But he said something interesting to me because this was not uh, maybe six months before California was going to go adult wreck in cannabis. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, hey, I know you're not interested in Hemplify, but you might be interested to know that I'm going to make a hard right when California goes adult rec legal and I'm going to launch a line of alcohol inspired beverages, tonics and elixirs. Mm-hmm. And I said, interesting. Uh, he said, but, you know, there's no alcohol in them because, as we all know, can- cannabis and alcohol cannot be together in manufacturing, distribution mm-hmm. or retail. But he said, yeah, I've, I've got great you know, formulas. Um, I'm basically replicating all the favorite cocktails that you're aware of uh, uh, and back bar drinks. And uh, I'm going to put THC in them. And I said, wow, that's interesting. And I said, uh-huh. you only sell them in dispensaries, right? He goes, yeah, but you, you'll see it's a growing industry. Anyway, that was the start of a relationship that led to Jeff recruiting me to come and join his, you know, Toronto based cannabis infused publicly held beverage company. Yeah, that that's a great uh, that's that's an awesome story, man. So so you get so you you're, you're in the cannabis business, and um, I just so what happened when you went home and, and told told your wife and your kids that you're going to be in cannabis? What was that reaction? Well, that's a, it's kind of a funny story because <laughs> you know here I was you know totally in on the war on drugs. I mean I'd been. Right. You know, in that paradigm, of course, I feel completely different about the, this plant now, the most under, uh, most misunderstood plant in the world. But, yeah. you know, here I was telling my boys, I've got two of them, you know, they're yeah. 26 and 24, tell them don't smoke dope. You know, it's a gateway drug, this and that. Of course, you can imagine how much they uh, they laughed and, and got a big kick out of me going, Dad, really, you're selling weed drinks? <laughs> but, <laughs> But my wife was a little concerned. She, uh, yeah, I imagine. You know, I, I do have a very, you know, strong reputation. And, uh-huh. you know, she thought about it and said, you really want to do this. And, you know, for me, uh, geez, I was a 57 at the time. And mm-hmm. I was at this kind of critical juncture. I mean, was I going to go jump into another, you know, Fortune 500, you know, very corporate role like I'd been doing for many years? Right. And I, I, I kind of had this feeling that I wanted to do something different. And uh, and the more I looked into the opportunity around cannabis and beverages in particular, it just seemed like, I don't know, I just had a, a really good feeling that I could be part of something that was mm-hmm. new, that uh, was was clearly growing. And, and as you think about 
you know, where cannabis infused beverages are today, how the country's evolving around this industry, uh, probably even more so now under this new administration. I, I couldn't help not but jump into this thing all in feet first with a startup that's been around, frankly, for five years now. And uh, and it, it is it's it's exhilarating. It's liberating to build something from the ground up. So I've been doing this now a little over two years and it's been absolutely fascinating. No, that's 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 really cool, man. Because if if you think about it, you know, let's talk about how you guys started and how you got to and we're gonna talk about Long Beach, because Long Beach is 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 you know, that is north. That's direction north for you guys. I mean, that was perfect uh thought process and, and doing that. It was it was really kind of ahead of its time in the space that you're in. And I, I really uh, want everyone to understand exactly what happened there. But but you guys had these little pilot satellite things all over California. <laughs> you, you remember that before you got to Long Beach? What was that? What was going on there? What, what are you talking about specifically there? Uh, well, I mean, you know, you had temporary facilities before you got to Long Beach. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you, it, it's really important to, to kind of set the stage. I mean, because okay. everything that's going on here at the company really started with an idea, as, okay. as most great things do. They have yeah. to start with a compelling idea. And it was really all the credit goes to Jeff Macer, our founder. You know, he's a guy that worked the capital markets for many years. In fact, he, he was part of most of the early uh, Canadian medicinal cannabis IPOs. Uh, so he's a, he's a really sharp guy, but he's a guy who doesn't like alcohol at all. Uh, and so he'd find himself at parties and, you know, after the stock market closed, you know, hanging out with, with colleagues going, geez, I, I really enjoy cannabis more. It's a shame mm -hmm. we can't do that. But here he is nursing a cocktail. And he, and the idea came at that moment was, wouldn't it be cool if you could enjoy a margarita but without the, you know, the potentially downside effects of alcohol and replace that with a cannabis experience. And therein right. lies the, the genesis of the idea for the company was literally building a pipe from, you know, the $260 billion beverage alcohol industry mm -hmm. uh, uh, to, to the cannabis industry in providing, you know, adult consumers with, uh, you know, a, a, another alternative for, maybe a, you know, a different form of inebriation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, really trading out a headache and a hangover for an onset from cannabis that can be, you know, far more fulfilling and, and <laughs> exhilarating. And, and so that was the idea. So, you know, the other thing important to mention is that Jeff also worked for Cot Beverages and people that know Cot know that it was the third largest soft drink company in the world behind Coke and Pepsi because they did everything that those two big giants wouldn't do. And that was manufacture, you know, white label, private label. Right. So, and that literally is, you know, what's sitting behind me is we've invested in, you know, these scaled beverage infrastructure to produce all kinds of drinks, not just our Tinley beverage portfolio, but that literally in many ways has legitimized our credentials that we know how to make great beverages. You know, we have a line of tonics and a line of elixirs. Of course, we basically have a, a lime margarita. We've got a gin and tonic. We have a Paloma 
and we have a Moscow mule on our carbonated drinks. And again, we don't use those terms because they're not allowed in cannabis. You can't right. really use alcohol terms. So we have fun with these creative names. But, you know, outside of that, we also have a line of elixirs. I think of those as making cannabis infused mocktails. So, you know, yeah. we've got coconut rum, we've got a cinnamon whiskey, you know, we've got a, a coffee liqueur and an amaretto. And, uh, and, and we've got drink recipes. I mean, there's a lot of fun you can have with these drinks. But that was the idea was to basically provide another alternative to beverage alcohol. And in many ways, and this is where I get very passionate about the opportunity for, for beverages, is we're, we're not just giving people, you know, some alcohol-inspired, you know, taste experiences, but we're transporting in the social acceptability platform that drinking has and has propagated from for decades is the fact that drinking is socially acceptable. So as you think about cannabis, you know, there's still a stigma around the industry on its social acceptability platform. And, and it's, and it's, yeah. and it's traditional way of consuming the product. Uh, there has been some, uh, uh, some uh, transitional, uh, issues there. And you guys picked the beverage platform. I think that's uh, absolutely uh, terrific for all the reasons you just stated. On, when we, we're going to take a break, Rick, but on the other side of that break, we're going to really dive into what you're actually doing uh, with the facility and, and some really cool relationships you've built that are going to propel uh, what you guys are going to end up uh, being as, as an organization and as a business. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. Rick Gillis is my go my guest today, and he's the president of the Tenley Beverage Company. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. My guest today is Rick Gillis, the president of the Tinley Beverage Company. He's sitting in his wonderful facility, wonderful facility in Long Beach, California. So tell us the vision behind that and let's connect the dots to all these wonderful relationships that you're linking to that facility. Well, that's a, uh, that's a loaded question there. <laughs> Vern Davis, but I think it's important to to set the stage, and, and it really comes to this very simple, fundamental proposition. I mean, when you say the word cannabis or marijuana, 
people don't think of drinking it. Uh, and that's really from a very scientific challenge that fortunately has been now solved is the fact that THC, the molecule and, mm -hmm. and any cannabinoid is not water soluble. So as you think about, you know, the beverage opportunity, you know, drinks have been tried in the past. They, they didn't really get much credibility because, you know, it's like salad dressing, oil and water don't mix. So, you know, a drink that, you know, said shake well before serving didn't get a lot of a lot of takers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it didn't taste good, yeah. by the way, it didn't yeah. taste good. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I didn't try many of them, but the ones that I have, uh, you know, before technology came to the industry, they, 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 they didn't taste very good. And, uh -oh. you know, a beverage needs to taste good. Uh -huh. <laughs> if anybody's going to go buy enjoy it. the experience. Exactly. But, so, you know, as you think about the barriers for cannabis infused beverages, one, frankly, has been science. And thanks to nanotechnology, which is simply the manipulation of a, a molecule or an atom, mm -hmm. uh, has allowed for beverages to be, you know, water soluble, bioavailable. And that matters because, you know, just like alcohol, you know, when you drink something, it's a, you know, it's a quick stop through the liver into the bloodstream. And then, of course, it makes its way up through the uh, the brain barrier, hits the receptors, no different than alcohol. You actually mm -hmm. start feeling something. In, a, in our drinks, it's about five minutes. But, you know, to be in a full onset of an ice euphoric sativa high takes about 15 to 20 minutes. And it lasts about an hour and a half and has a nice gradual offset. So that is a massive gateway that now has opened up for a category that frankly can really fuel growth for the, the greater industry. Absolutely. So that's really the one barrier that has been solved thanks to nanotechnology. A lot of very sharp PhDs have come into the space and have figured out ways to take, you know, the, of course the flower, the bud goes through a combustible volatile extraction process, turning that flower into a crude oil. And then the crude basically turns into a distillate and in our case, we, we like to use a distillate with a 90% THC purity. We don't put CBD in our formulas because in some ways CBD can slow down the absorption of THC and we don't want our drinks acting, you know, like an edible that take close to an hour before you actually feel an onset. But I think that's a key, key fact right there. Has, has, has been uh, solved and, you know, the technology continues to evolve. I think we're heading fast towards you know, strain-specific beverages that are shaping very specific experiences for consumers. But, you know, bottom line technology, just like in many industries, ha has made, you know, beverages uh, possible in a very high-quality, sustainable way, uh, driving a new experience for consumers that enjoy cannabis. I mean, second barrier was really the infrastructure to make the drinks. Uh, right. And what you see behind me is is a clear investment. Uh, I'm, I'm in a 20,000 square foot facility. We opened this actually uh, uh, fully operational uh, last summer. And uh, this has been a feat in and of itself to bring this to life, but we're fully licensed. We can make all kinds of cannabis infused beverages. You're looking behind me at a state-of-the-art bottling, bottling line that was you know, it's all Italian built. It's purpose built for contract manufacturing. That line can produce basically anything from a, a 200 milliliter bottle to a two liter bottle in glass or high density plastic. I mean, it just requires right. change parts, star wheels and fill tubes. But we can produce about 12 million bottles a year 
on the line behind me. You know, where I'm sitting right now, mm-hmm. in, uh, in less than two weeks, we will have a can line installed because uh, I've got tremendous demand uh, for cannabis-infused beverages in a can format. Uh, to the rear of the facility, we're going to install a mini line where I've literally got at least six clients that uh, are wanting to be, you know, putting cannabis drinks into little two-ounce shot sizes like five-hour energy drinks. Yeah, uh, no, I, I can imagine. So, 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 Rick, your goal there with that facility, you know, equipping it out like you are, is to be this hub of uh, manufacturing beverages for the cannabis industry. Indeed. So it's you're doing your own brands and you're doing, you know, come all Precisely. right. I, I'm yeah. probably under NDAs with uh, close to 40 clients. Uh, right. And we'll be contract manufacturing here in, in the next few weeks. Uh, uh, that, man, I tell you what, that is that is great. Nobody that I know is doing that anywhere. And I think that is, is absolutely amazing. But you also have gotten this business and gotten your products. And talk about Beckett, because Beckett has brought you some interesting relationship here. Yeah, so that now that's a very kind of interesting idea that, that happened a little over a year ago. Uh, and it came out of a you know, an unintended consequence, because, you know, in California, this is a, a, a benefit that beverages have. We're allowed to actually sample our products in dispensaries uh, as long as we don't uh, put THC in them. Right. So basically, you're drinking a non-alcoholic, non-infused margarita, Moscow Mule, you know, gin and tonic. And as a consumer, I get an idea of what it would taste without yeah. the THC. And the THC, yeah. we're telling folks, is not going to really affect so you're tasting the drink without the effect. Exactly. And, right. and we, and you know, thanks to the nanotechnology, the one that does have a microdose of THC and it doesn't taste any different. Right. So people are actually getting a chance to taste a, a beverage and our whole lineup was super proud that it's all vegan, gluten-free, all natural, and artificial coloring, kosher and super low in calorie and sugar. Uh, and everybody was asking for, the non-alcoholic, non-infused drinks, asking me where they could buy those. Like, well, you, we don't sell them. Go buy the one with cannabis. And, <laughs> and so I, I that, literally for six, eight months, I was, you know, little did I know I was doing my own proof of concept. Yeah. And then that basically opened a gateway into the mainstream market. Fast forward, we launched our same formulas, our same eight SKUs yeah. uh, into mainstream America because I can sell it anywhere because it's a non-alcoholic, non-cannabis product using our same formulas. And basically now we're tapping into a a trend that's commonly referred to as sober curious consumers. Yes, sober curious. They want the taste of a margarita, but they don't want any of the effects of anything. Exactly. Right. So, so sober curious. Now, one of the most infamous sober curious individuals is, is Todd Chrisley. Oh, indeed. So, so tell uh, me about that. <laughs> so we announced, uh, gosh, it's it's a, a week and a day ago. So last week on Tuesday, we announced this amazing partnership with uh, a very famous, you know, reality show TV star, him and his family. Right. Uh, Todd Chrisley. And uh, and it's through, you know, network and relationships. I don't know how this you know, this is a crazy opportunity, but. Todd has been looking for two years to launch a beverage in the con in the, you know, within the content of his show uh-huh. to propagate uh, people not drinking alcohol, but trying something different. 
Uh, and I think a lot of this came out of the experience with his children that were basically out drinking with their friends at tailgate parties and whatnot. Uh, and they came home and said, Dad, we had some alcohol. And, of course, he went through the roof and said, that's not what we do in our family anyway. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is a lot of kids, you know, feel compelled to peer pressure to go ahead and drink, even though they don't want to, but they don't want to be, you know, the odd one out. So basically, when he learned about the Beckett's product, he wanted in. So yeah. we ended up announcing this great partnership. And, uh, and so he's got, you know, millions of followers. So we're going to see. Yeah. I mean, between the family, they must have 100 million, million followers on social media platforms. Well, you know, they, they have uh, goodness. I think it's around 16 million, you know, social media followers between Facebook, Instagram uh, and Twitter. But, you know, his his television show, you know, growing up, Chris Lee and Chris. Lee yeah. Yes. I think last year alone they had well over 200 million views on the shows alone there's it's streamed everywhere oh it anyway, is i love it my family loves that show by the way yeah <laughs> it, 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 no and so i'm gonna see this now when when is it when will when will we be able to actually see it on the show well you know he now has four television shows he started shooting they've been shooting growing up chrisley they're beginning to shoot chrisley knows best here at the beginning of february but the first uh, shows that will air with Beckett's inside of the content of the show will happen in uh, April and May. Okay. Uh, but they'll got be shooting 26 episodes. He's got a lot of great and fun ideas. Uh, he's well networked in the country and Western music business with a lot of stars that are also going to be part of his schemes. But that is great. Fun. I think it creates a great kind of overarching umbrella for the brand. But, you know, as you think about it, we're, we're providing, if there's a mission for the company, it's to provide, you know, healthier and fun alternatives uh, to consumers uh, that really don't want to take a chance on on a beverage alcohol drink. So we're providing these. Look at what Heineken's doing. Right. Basically providing a huge gateway into the legitimacy of a non-alcoholic uh, beverage experience that tastes just like, you know, alcohol counterparts. There's a lot happening in this no low category, no and low alcohol alternatives. Uh, you know, it's 18 billion now globally. Wow. At a Everybody's getting way. in it. And uh, and so we're we're excited to participate in that. Uh, and I, I like to, you know, say we're bridging between two really powerful consumer trends, be it sober curious and canna curious. Yeah. Our cannabis beverages, those will take probably a longer time to really make their way to a national platform. As you know, there's what after November 3rd on the election day, uh, four more states jumped in. So you've got now 15 that are adult rec legal. Yeah. What 35 that are medicinal uh, legal across the U.S. You know, this new administration, there's there's mm -hmm. a lot happening there. I, I, I think you're going to see uh, New York's more. New York's talking about going as soon as possible now. Yeah. You yep. know, yep. so yep. no, you're. You're, you're absolutely correct. I tell you what, Rick, this has been great. I mean, it's, it's um, had an amazing time visiting with you and, and uh, you guys have an amazing story at Tinley. So uh, tell people how they can take a peek at Tinley or is there anything on social media you want to mention or anything? Well, I mean, um, we've got uh, just go to drinktinley.com, go to drinkbeckets.com. There you go. A lot of stuff on our website where you can see videos. You can learn more about the company. But 
you know, three powerful legs to the business model. Obviously, our own beverages we're excited about. You know, we will stay in this narrow lane of alcohol inspired beverages. We'll continue to expand our own portfolio. But, you know, the real big unlock is the fact that we're going to play a huge role in, in building the category through this high yeah. quality the cannabis drink category is coming through long beach california that's the mission oh big time this yeah. is the destination for contract manufacturing we're going to do it with a an absolutely unrelenting unwavering commitment to quality we want people to enjoy our beverages and everything else we produce here in a super high quality way uh, and win that trust with consumers and that they get to see what it's like to enjoy a cannabis infused beverage high versus a smokable or an edible. But we're excited about what we're doing. We're going to help build this category, which as you look at Canada now with all the beverage manufacturing infrastructure there, thanks to the country being adult rec legal, uh, cannabis drinks are now getting very close to 10 percent of the uh, of the whole industry. You know, in California, we're hovering at around 3 percent right now. But as I look to the future in probably the next two, three years, you know, cannabis infused beverages in this sixth largest economy in the world. I mean, if, if we're at 10%, you're talking about a $500 million beverage business. And, you know, we intend to be manufacturing a good bit of that. So that, that is, oh, and then who knows what happens with Beckett's? I think we've got a nice bridge and there's a, you know, it's got some cool can of cachet to the, to the brand. If you look at the, uh, the labeling, but, you know, we're excited about that and we think we're on to something, but you, you know, are. at the end of the day, I've, I've never had more fun uh, building something from the ground up and, you know, come see me one of these days here at Log Beach. I'll give you the- I, Well, you know, I'm coming. As soon as we get through this COVID thing, I'll, I'll be out yeah. there <laughs> and uh, I, I can't wait to take the tour with you. We're going to make that the last word. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, here today, binge through all our episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com or find us in all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon. We are there um, at uh, Plant Profits and Plant Profits obviously is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And you can also follow my company, Protus Global on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and learn more about how we are building companies and how we're changing people's lives at protusglobal.com. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, I want to thank my friend Rick Gillis for being here with me today. And all of you guys, uh, be safe and well. Cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.